We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is, this is, this is, this is. Heat, heat, beat, heat, beat, heat, beat. With Giancarlo Navas and Ryan Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Whoa, 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 wait, 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 wait. Wait, what? Johnny, this is me. This is Alf, big time radio star. All right. Been on with Ethan Skolnick all week. All right. I think it's time for me to host a podcast. What do you think? Oh, wait, what? Why? I don't care what you think. Brian. Have platforms. Brian, go ahead. Give wait, me Brian, my Brian, what? You too? I'm taking over the show. Brian, is this Brian. insubordination? No, we're changing up the music. If, if, if I'm going to host, we got to do it a little bit differently. Brian, give me my music. This is against my will, Gianni. I'm sorry. Tonight. Tonight. The Miami Heat Beat is gonna rip the mic. Talk heat all night long. Baby, all night long. Daylight. Daylight. You still be rocking, rocking with, with the Heat Beat crew. And we'll rock on it, on it, on it, on it. Woo! All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome your nappy asses to the Miami Heat Beat broadcast brought to you by me, Alf. A.K.A. Alf954, A.K.A. Heat Twitter President. Today on the podcast, we have several of the Heat Beat staff. We have Giancarlo Navas. How does it feel, Johnny? Hate you. Shut up. All right. We have Brian Goins, the co-founder of HeatBeat.com. Also works for the Miami Heat. What's going on, Brian? I got scammed. You Michael Sarah wannabe, shut up. Anyway, last but not least, we have the class of 790 and the 790 Morning Show. We have the beautiful and talented Amber Wilson. How's it going, Amber? It's going well. You're not going to tell me to shut up, are you? Never. I would never do that. I'm nice to guests. (laughs) I'm not nice to these other guys. All right. So, Johnny, what do you think, man? How does it sound so far? I really hate you, dude. Um, All right. I don't care. Everything that I've ever worked for is being stolen from under me. Oh, well, that's your problem. You should work harder. Anyway. Oh, <laughs> oh hot takes right there. 
Okay, work hard with honest time, takes, you know, next, too. Next time I stay up until 2 in the morning editing or cutting up some sound. Uh, uh, work hard like me. Do a column every three months. Do a podcast every now and again. And get a call from 790 to profit, come and help profit. Ethan out. And then yeah. profit. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. All right, so, That's Amber, tough. I don't know if you're familiar with our podcast. I mean, we every- talk about the Miami Heat. And you sometimes- don't say. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, sometimes. I don't know. That. Well, you know, sometimes, not always. <laughs> I don't know. If the, I don't know if the title fooled you or not. But yes, we are a Miami Heat podcast, and sometimes we venture into other areas. But I figured let's just start with the Heat, and let's. What I wanted to kind of talk about is I got into a little thing this morning with our good friend Riz McGiz, Ryan Yusefi, Amber. I think you saw some of it. Um, also with George Sedano. I want to know why can't Heat fans just have some fun this year how come we can't say a single positive thing about the team without some tank loser coming into the conversation or somebody telling us that this team isn't interesting why can why can't the heat fan have some fun with this year amber i've been railing against this on the radio now for the last couple weeks zazzo is the worst about this they are very much in the no fun zone they can't say anything positive about the heat this season at all And I don't really get it. I think that it's sort of the spoiled Heat fan just coming off of too many championship years and and not knowing how to deal with a rebuilding type year. But for me, I don't know what we expected coming into the season. I mean, did you expect to be Eastern Conference champions this season? Because if you did, then, of course, you're going to be disappointed. But assuming that you had realistic expectations going into the season and you knew that this was somewhat of a rebuilding year, that you had a bunch of young pieces and that you needed to see how they gelled and a bunch of dudes on one-year contracts that were zero risk. And if they work out, great. If they don't work out, whatever. We're obviously going to be making moves next year anyways. If you came into the season with that attitude, then I don't see how this season isn't compelling because those are the things that are, that are happening. And that's exactly what we've been wanting to see. And that's what we're seeing. And right now, these last couple games, we're seeing those pieces finally starting to gel together, and that's compelling. Seeing a guy who got paid $100 million and how he's going to react to that, that's compelling. I mean, those are the storylines. It's not as compelling as winning an NBA championship, but that's not what the season is about. Well, that's what I don't don't get. Like, So if if you're not going to win a championship, there's no point in watching? Gianni, that's what I don't understand. Like, If you're not a championship title contender, it's not an interesting team? Not necessarily. I think more so with this team and with people, it's connection points, right? So I think people who love basketball don't mind the team. I mean, they prefer them not lose and the offense not be stinky. But I think people who like the sport and genuinely enjoy the sport don't mind it. What happens is when you get into, like, you know, sports fans, but kind of fringe basketball fans, and you don't have connection points, right? So you just have Hassan, maybe Goran, but you've lost Dwayne. You've lost guys that you care about. And... Miami has not grown with the talent of this team. I think Hassan is the only real connection point that we have as a fan base because we've seen him come into the league from knucklehead to kind of less knucklehead to kind of reliable to, eh, you know what I mean? So we've seen Hassan mature and grow, and that's where some people have a connection point. But I think the majority of people who watch the team are like, I don't want to watch James Johnson or Derek Williams or Luke Babbitt. Who are these people? So you know you're saying... I mean? You're saying Riz is a casual basketball fan, not a real Heat fan, and he's a fraud. I mean, maybe not in those <laughs> words, but I mean, like fraud. But it's a pro- but it's a problem. Like we watch sports because sports is human theater. Like I love the idea of these people with stories and backgrounds and doing amazing things. And when you take away the personality part of it, 
you're just left with nameless people. James Johnson is very nameless and faceless. Luke Babbitt's very nameless and faceless. And it's hard to connect with a team that you know is not going to be good and that's not full of people you care about. So what you just you have is okay basketball being played. And if you're not a basketball head, it's kind of hard to connect and want to watch on a and Saturday I, night when you could be and, somewhere else. And I made this point when I was on with Ethan in your face, Gianni. I, I made this point when I was on with Ethan that it's hard to fill a whole arena with fans like us, right? With fans that actually want to, who care about Justice Winslow's development or Tyler Johnson's development. But that, but my thing is, if there are fans like that, why can't we, why can't we talk about this team? Why can't we be interested in this team without some, you know, somebody pissing all over the parade, if you will? Are we homers? Well, you have, you have to find a way to get those fans interested, right? I mean, those fans. Yes, maybe the average fan isn't that excited about the development of Tyler Johnson, but you have to find a way to make it compelling. James Johnson, you said, is not a name. Well, I mean, what, is, what makes somebody a name? I mean, you have to get your fan base to get to know these guys, and that's all going to be a process when you're talking about new faces and young players. But, Amber, people know that, like, James Johnson's not here to stay. You know what I mean? So it's different yes. when, like, okay, get to know him so that he's gone at the end of the year. That's the problem with and. I guess I I watch the games and I love it and I enjoy it and I, I'm I'm down with it, but I can't blame somebody for thinking they're boring. Like I can't. Yeah, but Josh Richardson's here. Justice Winslow's here. Hassan Whiteside's here. I mean, those are your pieces. We need to grow into that fandom. Like we that just doesn't happen overnight. Like Richardson only played half a season last year, and Winslow's a little frustrating. Um, so that stuff has to be grown into. It's not. It takes time. And Dwayne so, is Dwayne was special. Like Dwayne got us. Instantly, because he had the smile, the personality. Oh, I, the I just saw Amber's face. She well, wants, what, was, she, what was that? She wants to stop talking about Dwayne. I know Amber is tired of the Dwayne talk. You know what? I mean, I love Wade, but I mean, that whole situation just you know frustrates me to no end because you know I, I thought that he did the right move in that situation. And at this point, I mean, we, we have to move on from that and focus on what's here. And then basically by your analysis, you're saying that no team's compelling unless there's long-term veterans on that team. No, I'm and, saying that you need can, like it, it cannot be a team full of people that you're not connected to, right? That that's my point, and that aren't good because that's the thing. That's the thing. Also, when they're good, you'll find connection points, but when they're not good, people won't. Do you think if this team scored more, it would um, be more interesting, or do, they, do you think play, the ninety the ninety four points a game? Offense. Like what? You're, we're making we're making a distinction if the if the ball goes in the basket because. Last time I checked, well, yeah. Miami was leading the league in layups and corner threees. Yeah, and but that's the 40% thing. That, of their shots are without a defender within six feet. So they're playing offense well. They're just not pro- shots. Their process is great, they're, but they can't finish. Deion Waiters can't make a layup to save his life. I mean, that's another thing we can talk about. That I'm, I'm not going to call him a bum. Anyway, I'll call him a bum. Why not? So I, so that's been your, oh, been I, have your to ex- I have to express myself more on the podcast because I was told not to attack players personally on oh, the radio. Weren't? Yeah, I'm not supposed to. Who told was, you that? I was just I was, I was told that I I need to I need to rein myself in a little bit. Ethan, what, what are you doing? What did you call Goran Dragic? What, what did you I, call Goran Dragic? Huh? What'd you call Goran Dragic to the person that didn't right. listen to you last week? I just I just said that it's hard to connect with a player who doesn't speak English very well. I didn't think that was that bad. I thought it was. He I mean, said he had broken English. Get right. I wouldn't have broken Ethan, English. I wouldn't have said that. Just you know, yeah. I don't know. This is the market to say that. It, this isn't the market to say yeah, that. I mean, come so on, I dude. That's I was going to say an Eastern European guy, but then I felt like that was a little bit. I was pigeonholing <laughs> him too much. I mean, 
I, I did. Uh, maybe if it was a Haitian guy speaking broken English, yeah, we can get on board with that. But we can't. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just feel like there's a lot of fun killers out there, man. Like we just, you know, there are things to watch with this team. I thought, I thought uh, last night was fun. Last night was a great game. Um, not great game, but it was, it was a, it was a fine. I was about to say to define great game. Yeah, it was a fun game. And there was, and I think maybe it's because there was, it was high scoring. I think the heat, like you said, Johnny, yeah, they're, they're getting quality shots, but to the average fan, it, the quality shots in the process don't matter. It's the number at the end of the game. That's on the scoreboard. I mean, they haven't played. I mean, I think they play fun basketball. I don't think, Last night, I mean, last night was kind of frustrating because Dion know, Waiters isn't fun basketball. Dion, no, see, Dion is fun basketball. <laughs> Dion's what we need because, like, Dion shields us from blaming people we like because Dion does something and it's either going to end awful or it's going to be great. And it doesn't matter because the results of this season don't matter. So we just yelling at, listen, yelling at Dion Waiters is fun. Can we all agree at that? Yes. Making that fun like, that's fun. So if Dion messes up, we get to yell at him the next day. And if Dion hits a shot, he did something cool. I kept rewinding the game to show my wife how bad Dion Waiters was. <laughs> what was her reaction? She's like, she like, why can't he make layups? I'm like, I'm, that's what I'm saying, babe. It's, he's a problem. What about your he's, sons? What do they think? Oh, uh, my son. My son think Dion Waiters is trash. So what, wasn't his favorite player Wade? Yeah, we've we've moved on from that though. How's that transition was, been like? That's parenting, it's, man. It's been tough. It's been tough. I uh, he doesn't he doesn't really want he but he's another he doesn't really want to watch the games anymore. So, my mom won't watch the games either. My mom's done. She's also she's mad at Pat. Yeah, she's mad at Pat. <laughs> so, okay. So another thing, going because last night we saw Goron have a really good game. What, he had 11 points in the first uh, quarter, and he was going up against a guy that's involved in some probably bootleg online trade rumors. So I just, <laughs> just want to kind of get into it. Uh, like Our trade rumors? Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about, no. <laughs> Our trade rumors are legit because we got Lefty Leif, Heat we're Beat source, Insider. We're and we're source. That's but I'm talking about, I'm talking about seeing stuff like Goron and TJ in a, in a draft pick for John Wall. So my question is, after watching the two of those guys last night and Wall dropping 34 points, it, are, is that trade a, a trade like that? Is it worth it? Is it that much of an upgrade from Goron to include one of your young pieces in a draft pick, Amber? Well, first of all, I think that even though that there's a lot of rumors out there surrounding Goran, I mean, you did have Pat Riley say that he's looking to get another draft pick for next season. So obviously he's going to have to make some trade and who the hell else are you making a trade for right now for value? So, I mean, Goran is the obvious mark there. So I do think that it's a very likely scenario. He'll get traded away. Now, what do you get for him in return? I mean, that is a conversation that's nearly impossible to have right now. Is, is it worth it? Um, I think it's worth – well, I mean, it, I mean, it's – it, I don't – that you know, the, the, frustra <laughs> the frustration with this team is that at this point in the season, it's so hard for me to sort of know who – how the pieces fit that it's really hard for me to know what the hell we need to make them fit. Does that yeah. make sense? I mean, I yeah. know we need, it, it's like we want a veteran out there would be nice. And maybe that's the piece that's missing. But I, I think there's a little bit much to do about that. That's not all realistic. I don't think that these guys need the pep top in the locker room from the guy who's been playing for 15 years, as much as people act like they do. 
not every guy on this case is a rookie. Not every guy on this team is a rookie anyway. So I, I think that that's all a little bit overdone. Obviously, he has good pieces in place anyways in, in terms of leadership. Um, and so it's not, and that doesn't always come just from players on the court that comes from the coaching staff as well. So, you know, I think in terms of what this team needs, it, that's a really, and what would be a realistic trade other than just acquiring a draft pick. That's a really hard conversation to have because man, it's not like this team is like one. It's not like I'm yeah. like, Oh, if we just had that one do this, Oh, Eastern conference champions, you know, like it's lit. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you're, I think what you're expressing is that there are no easy answers, right? Because are the, when we talk about a whale out there, is John Wall a whale? No, no. I mean John, you know John Wall and Hassan doesn't guarantee you an Eastern Conference uh, Finals appearance, right? Uh, John Wall and Boogie, if you trade Hassan, that doesn't equal an Eastern Conference Finals appearance. There's only oh, like the three. There's, th- there's three whales. Yeah, there's only three game changers. So, so what's that? The problem with Wall is his contract. He's up in two years. But if you can tell me Wall for five years, Wall for four years, you make you that think, deal. You think Wall? That, that guy's that guy's great, man. So if they're asking for Goron Justice yes. in a draft, yeah, pick. Amber's making a face. John Wall is probably the best defender at his position. The only I think thing John Wall is great. The thing is, first of all, but defensively, that's not really our weakness with this team. But he's yeah, we very need good. It. I mean, you want you don't, best you don't want an elite defensive right now, point guard. The Falcon, I mean, behind the Clippers in Atlanta. The teams that you have to beat are Toronto and Cleveland, who have elite point guards. Like you're going to want a guy like Wall who can defend, he can switch, he can do a lot of things, he can even guard bigger guards. Uh, an elite passer. The only thing that's kind of wrong is his shot. But I mean, if he has, if you surround a guy like that with shooters and who doesn't have to play off the ball very much, you kind of solve that. You're making faces like. But no, I'm just making faces because I feel like shooters is the is the problem here. And and if you bring in another great defensive, I just don't feel like defense is the weakness of this no, team. They're not they're not a piece away. Like the, this has to be completely redone. Is my point? Like they're right. not close. So bringing a guy like like John Wall. But that's what I'm saying. Is it worth it? Is it worth is it worth giving up Goron, a young piece, and a draft pick for a guy like John Wall, who's not going to make your team significantly better? Not not in their situation, no. But if if. Because what I'm saying, you only have two years to make your team good. If you're saying, I'm going to get five years of John Wall for whatever Goran has left in his contract and, and Tyler Johnson, you make that deal because you're going to have Hassan for, for four years and you're going to have Wall for another four years, and that gives the organization time to put guys around them. Because as we've seen several times, if they get a couple names, they'll bring guys in. They're really good at bringing guys in and making yeah. trades, and they have at, they have other assets to move. Like They have Justice, they have Tyler, they have... Jay Rich, like they have people that they can move to get stuff back, and they're going to have a lot of cap space. So, long term, I would like that. In their current situation, no, because Wall's contract's up in two years. So, how would that roster, How was that? How would that roster construction go? So you trade away forty percent shooter this year, by the way, from three. Is he? Yeah, that's because the last game. Goron's uh, better. No, he, he's at three attempts a game. Like he's 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 letting it fly. That's good. That's what's Goran's his highest better. mark this uh, in his career. I know that for sure. He's normally like a 30, yeah, 33% by, by shooter. By far, by far. Last far. year was his best year at 35%. But he did the Dougie, so who cares? Um, <laughs> that was all, do you remember when Colin Cowherd ripped him for being an awful human being? Exactly. Wait, that and, happened? And he ended up being like the nicest guy in the world who was crying when his make-a-wish friend was like... You love it when people cry. Amber, let me t- I mean, you have to understand something about Gianni. He is a very emotional cat. He's he's very sensitive. He likes He, he likes to share... His stories of when he cried after the election and all this stuff. And I usually tell him to shut up because I'm not 
that way. Um, and I'm asking, I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm a big jerk. You, he cried when Dwayne was when the Bulls visited. Like he is the, <laughs> in, the stadium, boy. in the stadium. In the Wayne didn't even cry. <laughs> no, no, I saw shiny eyes. I saw shiny eyes. Ask he Ethan. said he said he didn't get emotional. He said he no, said exactly. the video tribute didn't even make him emotional. Yeah, okay, like, whatever. Dwayne. Dwayne. Yeah, whatever you yeah. say, Dwayne. I saw your eyes, dude. Yeah. Amber, how do you feel about a man that cries because the Bulls come into town? Like, what is that? What is <laughs> oh that? Oh my do god, you do <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer, before you answer, also know that Gianni is a woman studies minor. Woman studies minor. Well, I like yes. that. I like a man who who, uh, who understands the plight of women. I can get down with that. In terms of crying when the bulls come to town, I think Tobin was, was right there with you. And him and Slim were talking about on the show, they were talking about they were going to cry uh, watching him. And, and they went to the arena that night and everything. I, I mean, I, you know, for me, well, it's like, you what you wanted to give Wade that third year, like that's what you wanted to do. They like, gave you, it to Tyler Johnson. Oh my you, god! You opened Pandora's box. Freaking Johnson! You opened Pandora's box. Look like a great, and that's it's it. Tyler Johnson. He's twelve points and five rebounds. Tyler Johnson. Well, first of all, Tyler, Tyler Johnson. Johnson. They gave Tyler Johnson that money after Wade signed with the Bulls. Yeah, that was the third Second year ball. that Dwayne wanted. Dwayne wanted thirty year, fifteen million, and they gave Tyler for eighteen. Tyler Tyler Johnson and Dwayne Wade are at all the same. Right now, Tyler Johnson's making the Heat look smart in that scenario. No, because they're going to have to pay him $19 million. It's a backloaded Tyler Johnson. You can get rid of him if you wanted. But right now, you No, Dwayne. you can't. That's the thing. Oh, wow. We don't want to pay that much money for an undersized guy who can't handle the ball and run offense. Yeah, but that third year of Dwayne Wade. He's, he's and his, I'll take it, dude. I'll take his washed ass on the court, turning it over <laughs> on his foot. I'll take it, dude. Better than what you year old out there making that kind of money. And you, you see want, Tyler you last night? Contract. You want us to mortgage away the 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 our future? You mortgage it away by baby? giving it to Tyler Johnson. Amber, what are you going to sell? You're going to sell. You just us tried to Curry. convince me. You just tried to convince me that we could get John Wall now, and then we'd have pieces to trade later, even though we'd have no draft picks for the next 100 years. They have, a draft, they have a draft pick this year, and they, they, can, they can't even money. trade you it. Give it away to get Wall. You just said you wanted to trade it away to get Wall, which would <laughs> yeah. mean we have we have no draft picks for like ten. We, for well, like you asked me. Well, I was in then, my defense, and then you were trying to convince me that that's okay because we can go ahead and trade away TJ Listen. in Winslow. Because Alf, Alf, Alf said the trade Goron and TJ, which meant to me we're unloading that god awful contract. I just said, but I changed it to Justice. You were so engulfed with the TJ part of it that you didn't even think about. Listen, his TJ takes are so illogical, Amber. He so, is so not to mention, and also not like Tyler Johnson. Right? I like Tyler Johnson. I just think he's grossly overpaid. It's a race. It's a race thing, Amber. Well, this is. year, this year he's not overpaid. You don't like, no, wait till the third year. And the you don't like mixed. You don't like mixed people. No, he thought he he thought he was white, and he thought that was uh he was getting he thought he was getting the attention because he was a small white guy, and then and he then got so in, yeah he got so entrenched <laughs> in his position he can't get out of it now. Stuck. Stuck. So another question for you guys because <laughs> I've been. I've been harassed by the, the Team Tank crowd. This is an Elf I, interviewing us show. Well, Elf, no, before this, you answer the question, I want to clarify have, that hypothetical. I have, show, I have show prep. You? You do? Oh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. Well, I, I want to clarify. I wanna before you say that, I remember I once asked Elf. I was like, Elf, have you done show prep? And he said, I stopped drinking two hours ago. <laughs> that used to be your show prep. Now you have notes. 
I'm now he's a professional. I'm drinking right now, actually. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian, go. Well, I want to clarify the hypothetical that you, out, that you asked, Alf, because Tyler Johnson can't be traded against his will until next year on July 10th. So, so like I said, those are stupid internet rules. And we can't trade a first-round pick until the NBA draft. I wanted. To, I just wanted to expose Gianni, and I think I did a good job of that. So I'm done with him. Yeah, he was so great last night. Riley said he wants another draft pick, so he wants two draft picks yeah, going into this next draft. So that would mean Riley that he ever would told be trading away for that. I mean, he he very well may not be telling the truth, but it would make sense with this team if you were going to try to bring in a couple more young pieces into this team and, and build it that way. Just also because he don't have the opportunity to do that again for a long time. Ron will be traded for draft picks. My uh, prediction is he's going. They're going to try to get at least a number one, if not uh, a number two, or maybe two number twos. They're going to they're going to go for draft picks with the Goron trade because there's just nobody out there that makes sense as far as an upgrade. Because anybody who takes Goron right now is going to ask for one of your young pieces, and mm-hmm. I don't think any I don't think any of them's worth it for whatever you're going to get back. Unless you're talking Anthony Davis, and if you get Anthony Davis, they're going to want Hassan too. So, I mean. I think all of it is bunk right now. I think you know what's um, what's unfortunate about the Goron thing is that they gave away picks and stuff because mm-hmm. they thought they were going to contend. That's yeah. is, that's the that's the bad part of that deal. Yeah. So they're going to get a negative return on him. Oh yep, there's no there's no way they're going to get back what they gave up for him. Did they give sucks. up two picks? Yep. Two and first rounders. Two yeah, picks and two picks for Goron, and, and then they'll, they'll now they're going to get rid of him for for one. Is basically what's going to happen. And that, maybe that, not even a first because they gave a first. That yeah, I, bad in hindsight, but it, you're going to have to get a team. De- you're going to have to have a. You're going to have to find a contending team who's got an injured point guard and who is desperate. That's going to give up a first round pick for Goron. That's the only way you're going to get a first rounder. Otherwise, I think you're going to going to get some second round picks for him. But, but Alf, the thing about that is that who's really contending? You have four teams that actually have a chance that if their point guard oh, there's you, Boston is going to lose Isaiah Thomas, and they and will not. They will not move assets it, to get Goran because you don't think so. Think. You don't think you don't. Think, I think they would. I think if if Isaiah no, they're, Thomas, they're, they're too smart. They're not going to. If do Isaiah it. Thomas goes down and there's a, there's a white guy that they could bring to Boston, they're going to be so excited, dude. Because <laughs> a, a white point guard in Boston? Are you kidding me? It's a match made in heaven. Does that I even mean, count if he's Eastern European? No, they don't care. Listen, they will gloss over <laughs> love everything. To sell them. Listen, they 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 accepted a hit from Indiana in Boston. Like, come on, well, they, Larry they Bird. That's Gordon, they put Gordon on his jersey. Yeah, <laughs> Gordon drag dragic. Gordon Gordon. Dragic. Gordon dragic. I can't anyway, say his name still. I know you can't. You can't spell it either. So, <laughs> what do you guys think? Is this a year you want to make the playoffs or no? Because Absolutely team not. Tank, team Tank is telling me don't make the playoffs. Absolutely Brian, not. Give a take, Brian. Nobody asked you for. Huh? You're the producer. No, Brian. I want Brian's take. Listen, no, no, I'm no. running. I'm running the damn show right now, and I want Brian's take. Brian's not allowed to speak anymore. What was it? What is this? Listen, Brian. What do you think? You want playoffs or no? Absolutely not. Oh, shut up. Anyway, <laughs> Amber. <laughs> well, you didn't get to hear my take. I, well, go ahead. What's your take? Basically, the reason why I don't want the Heat to make the playoffs because this is the only year we actually have a pick that we can use. That's such a bad generic take. Uh, oh, do you want to no, read? We, 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 we don't have a draft pick in 2019, possibly 2018, and we all have a draft pick in 2021. So you're looking at maybe two years where he can actually like bank on a young prospect that's a top potential player. 
Do you regret letting him talk yet? Yes. I was I wanted you I was trying to signal I was gonna signal you to stay silent, to just leave him on an island. No, I don't wanna I, I, this is bad radio, dude. I just wanna say <laughs> Amber, what, what do you think? Make playoffs or no? I'm not on team tank. I I mean I, I understand the thought process Woo! though. I do understand the thought process. I understand why people would feel like you would want the team to not make the playoffs, but I mean you can't I mean, now listen. I'm not sure I think that this team is going to make the playoffs. Okay. But I don't a, want this team to purposely tank in order to not make the playoffs because we're also not there. Like, we're not bad enough for that. I think this team's much better than what we're seeing. I think that the first beginning stretch of the season was a particularly difficult one. We played a lot of really good teams. I mean, I'm not sure I'm down with Hassan, Hassan Whiteside, who says that the Heat are a top-tier team this season. I think <laughs> okay, that's, that's a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, but I'm glad he wants to buy in. That's a stretch. So I'm not sure that this team's going to make the playoffs anyways. But I don't think that we're in a position that we should be tanking because we're the worst team in the league and you have to get the first pick or, you know, try to try to gun for the first pick of the draft. I mean, it, it, we're not in that sort of situation. I think that because this is a young team, but with some really good pieces who really could be the future of this team, if we get some proper additional pieces that you need those guys to have the experience of going through a building season and a good season and trying to make as much as much as as they can out of this season so i think because of that you don't want these guys to be out there trying to lose every night my argument is you don't want these guys to get used to losing right i understand that if you lose because you're not good enough is one thing, but when you become a franchise that purposely holds guys holds guys out with knickknack injuries to try to lose, and you do it in, on a consistent basis, you you basically breed a team full of losers. And I know that's you know that's some of that you know fringe stuff that we don't really like to talk about, but I really do think it's real. And I also think if you look, and this is what I was attacked for today, because I said if you look at the Heat's point differential. They are not bottom of the Eastern Conference bad. I think Johnny, you were telling me per 100 possessions, they're one point, they're minus up 1.5, and that's probably gone up since yesterday. Wow. So are they? They are. You know, if if you, I think they have the sixth best point differential in the East. So they are not as bad as their record. So if that's the case, for them to tank to the point of guaranteeing themselves a high lottery pick, they are going to have to purposely lose. And I don't think that you want to teach these kids that. They're the number two defense in the league. That ain't tank. That that's not tank worthy. And they're minus one per hundred possessions, which pretty much ranks them a little bit above the middle of the league, around Oklahoma so, City, Boston, Memphis, Milwaukee. So for them to lose, they just have to completely do it on purpose. I think you said it best early in the season. They're going to beat the brakes off of bad teams and against good teams, like they've played most of the beginning of the year. They're going to lose. I think they've only been favored twice or maybe more since last time I checked, but they've played Oklahoma City on the road. They've played the Spurs twice. Twice. <laughs> I mean, they've they've played good teams. Uh, Charlotte's a good team that they lost to. Uh, Charlotte's they, really good. They beat the teams that they beat the teams that should beat. They beat Sacramento. They beat Orlando. They beat Washington. They beat uh, Milwaukee. They beat the teams that are at their level or around them. They lost to Utah, which is a good team. They lost to Toronto. Like, they lost to the Hawks in a close game. The Hawks are second in the league in net rating. So they've played it. They've played good teams close, man. And 
beat bad teams. I don't know what to say. Like, that's like what now, you if you never be if you never beat good teams, you're not going to make the playoffs anyways. <laughs> yeah, so a lot, of bad, a lot of bad teams in this league, Amber. <laughs> well, yeah, but 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 I don't know if there's enough. I don't know if there's enough for that. See, I mean? agree with that. I don't think there's enough bad teams this year for them. But but that but that's what I'm saying. Like when I don't understand the Heat fans that are rooting for losses. Like like even worse than not finding the team interesting to me is sitting sitting there watching your favorite team play and rooting for them to lose. Like how do you even do that? It's Ow. like their schedule has been so hard. Out of the top ten teams in point differential, the Heat have played six of them, including Jeez. the Spurs twice. <laughs> so basically, count the Spurs twice. So technically, seven. So teams. seven, seven of their games yeah. have been. I mean, against. it's been a rough. They've had an easy travel, and they've had rest days, and that's why they've been able to keep it close. But I mean, I don't. So know. you're saying my my prediction of 48 wins is spot on. All right. 45, 45, 48. I wrote 48 in the column. You wrote 48. All right. I can fix George that. George's gonna have to pay up. But then I clarified on the on the radio. Does Amber know of our bet? No, I don't know about this. I made a bet with George Sedano that if the Heat win forty five games, he has to get us Cassidy Hubbard for our podcast. And then he said he would have done it anyway. So now I just feel like a jackass. <laughs> <laughs> so if we don't get Cassidy Hubbard, it's it's uh, Eric Spolster's fault. But they're they're playing they're playing well, Alf. Like we said earlier, they're getting very good shots. They're leading the league in corner threes and layups. It's just Luke Babbitt's taking the threes and Dion's taking the layups. Like they're oh. very well coached this year. They're the number two defense in the league. They're very well coached. Their point differential is good. They've had a rough schedule, and I know they have four wins. But Dion Waiters kind of- is is so bad. Amber, have you ever been to like a a, a playground and you watching the guys on the on the on the on the basketball court, and you just see a guy who thinks he's way better than he actually is. I and think he has that's Amber. I, I think I, that's Amber. Is that I, you, Amber? <laughs> no, I'm terrible. I'm terrible. I, I, I have no game. I mean, so is Dion. <laughs> uh, Dion, I mean, that's why you hate him, right? I mean, you just hate him because he's that player who just thinks he's great. And so, you know, people hate that level of confidence coming from guys that you feel like shouldn't have that confidence. But that's also sort of what he brings. I mean, is that so wrong of me to say? Like, that is sort of what he brings to the team. Yeah. It's like, he kind of, when he gets on the court, it's like he has this ridiculous confidence that, yeah, he shouldn't have. But he, he also has- sort of brings this certain energy with him. So I don't know if I can kill him as much as you guys want to kill him. I love him. I'm on Team Dion. Oh, okay. No, I, I hate him. No, he's but fit- he's so fun. No, he's I mean, not he fun. Had, had, like- Why do you hate fun? I don't. I love fun. I hate Dion Waiters, but he is. No, I, and I will give him this defensively, fantastic. But and if that's he would matters, right? No, yeah, but then at the end of the game, he wants to take over. He's like, okay, Dion time, and the jackass like, tell me it's not funny, Alp. Tell me it's not funny when he misses those awful shots. Those no, off balancers. Yes, it is funny. Okay, if you've watched, who's put away the last few games? Dion. Who has it been? No, it hasn't been Dion. It's been Josh and it's been Goron. They've put, they've put away teams the last two games. When Dion was taking shots at the end of the game, you saw what happened. It's like fun, we keep dude. losing, it's fun, man. We keep losing ninety seven to ninety four because Dion Waiters blew four layups in the, in the final minute because he's a jackass. Okay. But defensively, he's amazing. Like if he would had if he had a Tony Allen mentality where he just wanted to defend and never wanted to shoot, I could take it. But he like he swears to God he's Kobe Bryant and he's not. 
he's more he like has, he probably has similar shooting percentages this year. <laughs> Dion Waiters is holding the players he's guarding to thirty six point four percent, second best among all starting shooting guards behind. You can't hate on Contavious Caldwell and Pope, he, and he ranks last in the league at finishing around the rim. Out of eighty two players who attempt four layups a game, he is last. In the entire league, like he's the worst finisher in basketball. Why are you so informed? Who are you? Because Christian, I, 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 Christian Hernandez gives me stats. Who are you? I don't even know. Amber, you. let me. You want to? You want to hear a secret? It's not a secret anymore because, like, four people will listen to this on the podcast, and that's not a secret anymore. <laughs> um, I have all the Heat beat guys. Before I go on with Ethan, send me a bunch of stats and nuggets so that I sound cheating. smart on the record. That is See, completely the, cheating. The rest of us have this off Dolphins the top of our heads. <laughs> I, listen, that's not my fault I have a staff, all right? Miami Heat needs stats and info. Oh, hold on, wait a second, wait a second. Can we get into you? Call- Amber, Alf goes on my podcast on Ethan's show, and I'm like, your podcast? <laughs> yeah, With I said Jason my... Leisure and Ethan, who have both been guests. Who, who gets you all your guests? Actually, Harrison I, got I, Harrison I, got I, Jason Leisure. Huh. Yeah, but who? But you don't get the guess. I booked Chang hey. once. <laughs> Alf got me. Alf got Alf. you. Alf gets everybody. Don't don't empower him. I got Amber Joy. <laughs> you gonna brag again? Sedano. You started the show by bragging. Oh, that you're you know brag. what? Alf didn't really get me. I think didn't I DM you and I said, "Is that why you never have me on the podcast?" But that was after I already told Slim to ask you to come on to the podcast. Allegedly. You allegedly. Oh, listen, I can pull up the DMs Amber, right now. do you now. guys think Alpha's in charge? I think that's like the perception. <laughs> that I think is people... the perception. I thought Alpha was in charge. Yeah, all my sleepless nights go to you. you. You're reaping the benefit. Listen, I write a column every three months that does numbers. <laughs> numbers, baby. Your podcast. Did my you feel podcast. guilt when you said it? Did you feel guilty? Right afterwards, I felt really, really bad. I was like, oh, poor. J-. Then you started crying about it. Then I didn't feel bad about it anymore. <laughs> See, that was so funny. Sensitive <laughs> little bastard. Anyway. All right. So I think I'm out of heat questions. Is so that maybe this? The, maybe the team isn't, your cast? The team, maybe the team isn't as interesting as I thought. But I did want to talk about this. The Kanye West concert. Oh. Did you guys read about this? I heard about it. When he did three songs and walked off the stage, complained about Jay-Z and Beyonce and walked away. I don't get mm-hmm. it. Why did you do that? Because he's a jackass. Because he's so, Kanye West. Because he's a jackass. So my question is, can you be a fan of a guy like that? Like, can you separate the music from the artist in that situation? Because well, I was at the point with Kanye like 10 years ago. But Amber, are you a Kanye fan? Uh, no, but I like his music. I can't stand him. As a person, but at the same time, I sort of respect it. So I'm conflicted because I think it. I think a lot more of it. I think some of it's far more calculated than we give him credit for, right? Because I think he's trying to make headlines. I think you saw him coming out and saying that he would have voted for Trump even though he didn't vote, and and telling black people that they shouldn't focus so much on racism. These things that he's done this week. I mean, his name's all over. I pull up CNN, and Kanye West is all over CNN, and I think some of that is just for that, right? And he's he's a fame monger in that respect. And it it's worked for him thus far. And so I guess he's going to continue to do it. Even marrying Kim Kardashian, I mean, you know, that whole family is definitely fame mongers. And, and, but hey, they've all built empires and so they know what they're doing and they know how to, I think, play the game, so and to speak. Are, 
And there so was it drives like, me crazy, but man, I mean, I don't know. It keeps him relevant. It keeps him, I don't know, it keeps people talking. We're talking about him right now. Yeah, so I, I guess I, I kind of just contradicted myself there, didn't I? <laughs> I, think his, I think his music's overrated. I think he, I yeah. I said it. There you go. I said it. Boom. You said it? Are you allowed college, to that? college dropout was good, and everything else has just been hipsters trying to think his rap's good because rap's not good anymore. See, I wanted, to, I wanted to not like Life of Pablo. I really wanted to not like it. And then I sat down one day and I listened to it, and I, I was so frustrated with myself because I liked it. Rap died I in 2007. It. What came out in 2007? Back to in me- my day. Rap, rap, better. <laughs> rap died to me in like 1996. Young Jeezy was the last great rapper that we've ever had. Oh, that's terrible. No. You, you don't like Young Jeezy? Biggie was the last great rapper we've ever no, had. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, whoa, whoa. Tupac. Tupac. Did the Dolphins win? Yeah, they did. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. You didn't see my touchdown. I did a silent touchdown dance when we started. Amber, I did a silent touchdown dance, and I, I did made this. scoffing faces. Yeah, and you were scoffing. Oh, I completely missed it. You know what? You guys didn't react at all. Do you want them to win, Amber? Is it more of fun course. for them? Really? What do you mean? What, now, you want, now you want the Dolphins to tank, too? Like, well, I, hold on, wait, wait. I have different, because the less entrance there is in football, the more listens I get on my show. So I have a I have an external interest, and also the Dolphins are more fun to talk about when they lose because I know they're not any good. I know that this is a mirage because they're playing bad teams, and I know they're not going to do any actual winning. So if they <laughs> lose, it's more fun to talk about them because if they win, I know they're bad. So it's like they won fourteen to ten. Ooh. I think if you were on the radio four hours a day talking about them, you'd have a very different attitude about that. No, we it's, can't. It's we not can't have every team in South Florida. All be terrible at the same time that because depends. that's just unbelievably. The Panthers aren't even nearly as good as they're supposed to be. They also suck this season so far. Yeah, but they have injuries, so like you can you can do hope trafficking. Well, it's the same I've... thing with the Dolphins. The Dolphins actually look like they might be pretty decent, but I mean the fact that they pulled out a win today without anybody on their O line. They played is a bunch of bad, decently impressive, awful. They put fourteen points up. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they had nobody. Everybody was out. Even Tunsil Pouncey out and right? Albert were the two worst-rated people on that offensive line, as per Pro Football. And Tunsil went out too. Right, and Tunsil went out as well. And, and yeah, so you didn't see that. I've garbage. watched six quarters of Dolphins football. I didn't know that. I didn't know hockey started. So <laughs> it starts. You know how I know? Because it starts when basketball starts. Okay, yeah. Uh, I forgot about that. Well, no, yeah, the Panthers were start. supposed to be amazing this season, and they had a rough start. So we'll turn things around. It's really rough doing uh, a show on 790 because now I have to actually watch Dolphins games. You like, can't just focus on the heat. I know. It's, it's something. I usually just watch, like, the Giants, and then I don't watch any more oh. football. But nobody wants I, – I asked a question about Giants running backs to a, a fantasy football expert, and I got so much that hate on the so text funny. line. <laughs> I got people like, shut up. Nobody cares about your team. Someone told me to go back to Walmart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hold on, wait. I want to. Alf, do you, you know, have the text those? line? Is I have double. it. I have oh, it. You have to be careful. Hold on, yes. wait. Can we read some of the stuff that Alf gets on the text line, Brian? Oh, let us know what you have. I have it. I got it. I got it right now. All right, Brian. I stopped looking at it. After you know what? I give you credit for even looking at it because you know the majority of the hosts at, uh, at seven ninety do not keep the text line up. I keep it up my entire show because I go hard in the paint like that, so I, <laughs> yeah. I can I can handle the criticisms. I, I'm used to it. I think I think as a woman in sports, I, I'm used to the criticism, so they don't bother me. But I, I don't know. All of our male hosts that are stationed, a lot of them are much more sensitive than me, I suppose. So, man, they don't keep the text line up. Every time Romberg pulls it up, he gets in fights on the text line, and then he's distracted. He's not paying attention to what we're talking about. He gets yeah, in w- text fights because you can text I, people back. 
Yeah, I was going to reply there. I realized I was under Tobin's login, and I'm like, oh, they're going to uh, think Tobin's talking. So. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that out later, Brian. Brian <laughs> look at Brian marking I, down. No, I dropped an F-bomb. I had to write the timestamp. Oh, Brian, are you going to read it, or do you want me to read it? You can read Does it. Does FCC regulate your podcast? I think you guys no, are okay. We're, we're, we're trying to be clean for the kids. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. So uh, one of the texts was Elf. Stick to your day job. Yeah, yeah, wait, 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 wait. They call me Elf, not they Elf. L F. Elf, like like the movie. Elf, stick to your J job at Walmart. They need you to be a team player and to get off the radio. Leave it to the pros and keep your ludicrous opinions to Twitter. Now they capitalize ludicrous. They so I don't know. Like they misspelled it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They smelled it like the rapper. I don't remember talking about him once, so I don't know what they're talking about with my ludicrous opinions. Who the hell is this new guy? <laughs> That's me. <laughs> that was my text, my bad. Um, last <laughs> one. <laughs> Alf, it was a good try. I would rather hear Leroy Horde yell on the radio than listen to you and your prosperous opinions. But see, two of them were for. See, I was upset until I saw two of them were for the, from the same guy. Same number. So that's what, that's what you're going to find. Yeah, do just shows more often is it's there's the same few numbers you'll see them all the time and those people if they there's going to be that one or two guys who hate you and he's they're just going to text in all the time and just, just talk I'm trash and honestly they probably don't even hate you they're just talking they're just talking trash that was kevin there's, seven, there's a 786 guy that hates me and there's a 407 guy that hates me and that's charlotte so i think it's either nakias or my brother it might be my, no 407 is orlando I think my brother has a Charlotte area code, so it's either my brother or Nakaya's, which which is a little unsettling. Can I ask Amber one question? Because I know we're probably gonna have to end the show soon. No, yeah. Amber, oh. I'm I'm taking my show back. Amber, I know you're, you're talking about being a woman in sports radio, and this is something I've I've asked a couple of people that are in the industry. Do you feel like the construction of the institution kind of le- lends itself to women not wanting to participate because there's so few of you, and it's because like. I've been looking to hire, I want more women on our writing staff, and it's difficult because I'm not even getting applications for women. And I feel like there's just this construction of this industry that kind of pushes women out of it. Am I being, am I off base, or what do you think? What happens is, as a woman, I feel like I was very much pushed towards television, pushed towards certain roles in television, and that's one of my biggest frustrations with this industry. This industry has very few opportunities for women outside of certain respective roles in television and that definitely for uh, for those of us who want to do something else is a frustration I mean it took me 10 years to get this shot at 790 and get into sports radio I have been screaming at the top of my lungs that I wanted to do sports radio my entire career so I mean my first audition at 790 was well, let's see. The first time I was ever on 790 was probably nine years ago. And then, um, you know, I've been on it over the years since then trying to sort of get looked at more and more. And it wasn't until I got the TV show. I was like, I, so I had an audition with 790 like six years ago. I had another stint where I was on the radio. I met Stu Gotts and then he hired me to do his TV show, you know, and then And then I was on a TV show with him. And then from that, because of I got to know so many people at 790 because the connection with Stu got, that really helped once Joy left and her job came up. But it took so long to get there. And I think that what that does is that just creates 
this environment where women automatically think I'm applying for the TV job, the on-camera job, the job where people just want to see me and not sort of the, what I call the meteor roles, which I enjoy more, which is, you know, the unscripted, you know, sports radio. How many women are actually doing analysis? Thing. How many women are doing analysis? Like it's, it's just their so media. Well, not the problem. Media. I mean, that's, you know, even, even when it comes to television, I mean, you know, you don't see, you see, you see Joy being a moderator on that show and the, and the other woman who does it on, you know, first take on ESPN and you never see the woman or rarely do you see a woman being, you know, the Skip Bayless of the world or the, you know, that kind of thing, even on those sorts of shows where you could easily have a female personality do some other sort of role. You see, you used to only see women on sidelines. Now, now they're going back to some men on sidelines. The women would be on sidelines. The men would be in the booth. Why? You know, how many, why women are, how many women are in the booth for, for male sporting events? Doris, is that it? Very, very few. I think there's a, there's a couple, I think, that could do college, uh, but very, very few. And now, you know, women I mean, don't women, even do their own sports because women's national team games are called by men. And that's, that's a frustration. Now, you know, a woman like me, okay, I'm not a former athlete. So fine, I'm not going to be a color analyst because these days, even men, if you're a color analyst, you're pretty much always a former athlete. Fine, but there's plenty of women who are former athletes and why aren't they being hired to do their own sport? It, 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 you know, it, so there's a lot of sexism in the industry that's sort of not obvious sexism as much anymore, because of course women are still, you know, being hired and there are women all over ESPN and there are women getting sports jobs, but it's sort of about what jobs we're getting in my opinion. And I think because of that, we're just and it. Listen, it's progressed a lot in the last 20 years. You didn't even used to have women in the industry or very few. So, and it's been a very short period of time. So I think that'll get more and more. And then hopefully women will start really getting into sports radio and writing and they'll kind of take the lead from some of, some of us who, who are starting to do it. Yeah, you weren't allowed in the locker room for a while, for, for a major part. You weren't allowed in the side of locker room. Yeah. Well, that was like a very old school thing. And now, now, yeah, now they have women inside the locker room. Now you see female reporters, but you know, even, you know, it's, if you want to be in sort of one of those media roles, one of those unscripted roles on ESPN, you pretty much have to write for a newspaper first. You know, it's like, there's they. I don't know why they won't just take the broadcaster and give her a chance. There's very few, there's very few women that they let actually have opinions, which is why I always wanted to do sports radio because I actually get to have an opinion, but I've also always wanted to get into writing and I haven't gotten that opportunity yet. So, you know, it's, it, you know, for us? I would love to write for you guys. Oh, always open. <laughs> we don't, we don't pay anything yet. That's yes. Yes. That's fine. Yes. We don't make money yet. We're, we're, we're soon. We're, we're right I'll give there. you guys content. Thank you. No. I, I, and it's just something that I, that I, I mean, uh, how many women are covering beats? Michelle Kaufman and in, in Miami. And is that it? Well, I would say there's a couple you covering you. Um, it looks like when you look at all all the major sports, it looks like the NBA is the most progressive. I mean, and I think maybe because we just we see Doris Burke so much, but even in their studio shows, when they're talking about the NBA, at least on NBA TV, you see it. Even on ESPN, sometimes they'll have studio shows where they have former WNBA players talking about NBA games and vice versa. So I usually the NBA leads the charge in this stuff, but I think part of the problem is when you talk about football. You don't have a legit women's professional football league. So a lot of times men are going to look at a woman talking about football and say, well, what the hell does she know about the game? And it's, it's almost, but, but then you have a bunch of sports writers who never played it either. 
Well, that's so why, that's why is Skip Bayless qualified? That's my yeah. frustration. Skip yeah. Bayless isn't any more qualified than I am. You know, I mean, now, I mean, obviously he's been in the industry a lot longer than me, but, you know, it takes somebody, take a woman who's the same experience level and the same, you know, age and that sort of stuff as him. And that's, that's the problem. I understand that if you're talking about, a, if you're talking about a former athlete, color analyst type of role, fine. Yes, women are going to have a difficult time because they didn't play football if you're talking about football in particular. However, there's a whole lot of guys, even the play-by-play guys, a lot of them never played football in any sort of Joe Buck never played it. It always just feels like, and and I can all, I can also relate it to my race, but I will keep it at women. But you, women have to be so much better because like Doris Burke is so much better than everybody else doing it. So but, good. Like you can't be bad and be a woman and do it. But there's a bunch of bad. Like I mean, we could talk about when Reggie Miller's on the broadcast. Like he's terrible. If there was a woman as bad as Reggie Miller on a broadcast, she would never get another job again. But Reggie Miller's allowed yes. to do it because Cheryl but, Miller can do it. You he's have just as bad. You have to be. You have to be. Typically, you have to be much better. You have to be mm-hmm. far more knowledgeable than a man would have to be in that role. Now, I will say there's certain roles like sidelines. I think sometimes some of those women are less knowledgeable than, you know, uh, than maybe they should be in that role. Not all by any means, but I do think that there's certain roles that find maybe women are sometimes hired for other reasons than just sort of their knowledge or their skill. And that doesn't help the problem. Like that just perpetuates this notion of, oh, you're pretty. Let's put you in front of a camera and say nonsense. Like it just, it it gives an appearance. It gives an appearance that we're trying, but you're not really trying. Because it's it's a role without substance, and not that those. I mean, some of those some people do do those jobs well, but the you know sometimes people who aren't very qualified get put in those could positions. A, could a woman who look could a woman who look like Jason Whitlock get her own show? Well, there are some women. You know, I do think now there I mean, are. You just some oh, hold on, wait. Alf just opened a can of worms, which we want. <laughs> we have to call somebody ugly. <laughs> no, you I'm guys were. I no, walked away from that. You, you guys were dancing around the issue, talking about, <laughs> oh, there's other reasons. You know, well, what I said it. I mean, are. I mean, looks matter in this because your audience is male. So there's a reason Pam Oliver doesn't yeah, get the big games anymore. She got old. Yeah, like, no, they, I mean, that's what she honest. says, and and yes, but that's it's BS to me that it's because your audience is male because men have no problem watching men cover the sport you know i mean i don't it's not like men need in their in their game like these hot ass women i think men are okay with also watching a woman who's at you know i think i, I don't know oh i agree with you i'm drake, just saying that drake it's thinks what the network's doris burke's really hot but i mean beyond drake like i don't know are guys like really fiending for doris burke i don't know and so you know, <laughs> i think that she's really really knowledgeable and i think it wouldn't matter what she what she looks like and, and guys would still not have but a that's a, that's her. what i'm saying yes, Amber. women are getting those roles sometimes just based on their looks that Amber, holds us even more and it's 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 a huge frustration amber even that either they have to be hot because listen we're on a podcast i can i can say what i have to say either they have to be hot or they have to be really really knowledgeable like like you can't be an uh, let's just say you can't be an ugly woman and just be okay. Like you will never get it. I will say that I do think because you said can you could a woman look like Jason Whitlock and <laughs> still get her own show? I do think that there are women now who are maybe not maybe not the big you know weren't hired for their looks. Let's put we're it all out, thinking of the same who person. are who are who we're are all in, thinking of the same person. I, I'm not thinking in, of anyone in good roles. And so I think, you know, I do think, yes, I think that that, because I think that trend is changing some. So I do think, 
I, I actually even think there's been a bit of a backlash. I think initially when Aaron Andrews left ESPN, I think there was a bit of a backlash for in the industry a little bit where they kind of, some people were like really trying to get away from the Aaron Andrews of the world. And, and uh, you know, now you even see men on sidelines. Some, I think some of it's because like those roles are starting to hopefully change a little bit. Uh, and, you know, women are getting opportunities based not just on their looks, but I do agree with you, Al that if you're not the best looking, then you have to be so unbelievably knowledgeable and good. Yeah, which, I mean, listen, that's not a bad thing, but, I mean, you should also be good looking and that good as well. <laughs> it hurts the sports, too, because I, right now, the women's, the U.S. Women's National Team is on 60 Minutes, and if you're not pretty, they don't market you, and it's just unfortunate that some of the other players, like if you're not Kristen Press, But it's also soccer, and nobody likes soccer. So. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That team is amazing. We do do that to men. In fairness, we do that to men in soccer as well. Do we? Because like, I've, I've seen Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, how many and famous ugly famous. soccer I've seen, players I've seen, Messi and Le- I've seen LeBron in a lot of commercials, and you know, LeBron ain't no, no pageant I'm, guy. But that's because yes, LeBron is LeBron. I mean, yes, okay, and like Cristiano we're Ronaldo putting is, Blake, is We're putting Blake amazing. Griffin on commercials. Like, Blake Griffin's, you know. like Blake. Hard pass, dude. Hard pass. I think women like Blake Griffin. No? Is, no, dude. No, no, no. Ask Amber. I don't know what I'm talking to you about. Like, why do I care what you think about it? I'm I all, don't mind Blake Griffin. Who's the most handsome guy in the NBA? I'm all in on Chris Paul. And Chris Paul. Handsome yeah, guy Paul. in the NBA. I think I'm Chris all in Paul. Yeah, CP3, dude. He's handsome, he's, dude. Man. He's chubby. No, he's not. Chris Paul doesn't do it for me. Chris Paul doesn't do it for really? me. Really? I, I think he's handsome. I think Dwayne's handsome, too. But yeah, I think Dwayne, Dwayne's pretty handsome. Um... Maybe You're taking this right. woman's studies thing too far, bro. I think Gordon Hayward's pretty handsome, too, now that he <laughs> fixes his hair. Although he's kind of pasty. I think there's probably outliers that are not good NBA players that we probably... Like, I mean, I think a lot of women would think, like, Chris Humphreys was cute. Nah, see, I don't think so. No, he looks too much like a male cheerleader. No. <laughs> he, looks, he looks dingy. What is dingy? NBA, NBA, this is a hard conversation to have, man, because NBA players... Like, a lot of ugly dudes. NBA is... Weird looking dude. <laughs> a lot of ugly dudes. A lot of awkward seven footers. Yeah. Kevin Love is on this list I'm looking at. Oh, oh uh, no, 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 no. Really? No, I, I disagree oh. with that. Johnny's way too into this conversation. I've thought about this so often. I just, Westbrook's on here. Oh, what? In, in fairness, we do do we do do this to men to an extent. I mean, to, women who don't know anything about football know who Tom Brady is. Women who don't know anything about soccer know who Cristiano Ronaldo is. You know, and that's yeah. not just because... No, I found football, out but. that Ronaldo doesn't drink. I learned that today. Sam Cassell wasn't getting shoe deals. 